Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Fitter, Healthier Dad podcast, where you can learn how to improve your diet, lose fat, and get fitter in a sustainable and fun way without spending hours in the gym. Here is your host, Darren Kirby. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. This is the number one podcast for dads in their 40s who want to improve their health and fitness. This is episode 50, and joining me on today's show is Dr. Mazan Rolf, and we're going to be discussing and providing insight into the risk of type 2 diabetes facing dads. Dr. Mazan is a UK-trained doctor with 15 years' experience in the NHS. He has a dual certification in both general internal medicine and general practice. Dr. Mazan has a special interest in lifestyle medicine and has recently accomplished the International Board of Lifestyle Medicine and is a member of the American College of Lifestyle Medicine. Hi, Dr. Mazan. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you, Darren. Thanks very much for joining me on the podcast today. Um, I'm really excited that you agreed to come on. I know it's, um, it's a little bit later in the day for you where you are based in Qatar, um, but I do appreciate you giving us the time. So obviously today we're going to be talking about um, the, the very important topic on maintaining a, a healthy, balanced lifestyle. And obviously I invited you on because of your medical background and just your general interest that you have in lifestyle type um, health and, and medicine. But before we kind of get into the depths of that, can you give us, uh, me and the listeners, a bit of background on you, your kind of how you've come to where you're at now and um, your, your medical history? Uh, uh, pleasure. Uh, thank you so much, Darren, for reaching out and inviting me to your great podcast. It's uh, always a pre- pleasure meeting you, uh, as uh, we met many times throughout the last five years. Yep. As a... As a brief summary, I'm a medical doctor, graduated from Iraq, uh, did all my postgraduate training in the UK. I've got more than 15 years uh, of training in NHS and experience, uh, trained initially as a general uh, internal medicine physician and got membership of Royal College of Physicians of the United Kingdom, MRCP, okay. and uh, I have also, at the end, uh, we moved. I moved to train to become a general practitioner, as I had uh, personally had some interesting things happen in my life. On top of that, I always had a great pleasure to connect with my patients. So I moved right. to general practice, and I enjoyed my training and working in the UK. So I'm a member of the Royal College of General Practitioners in the UK. On top of this, again, uh, through uh, throughout my life as well as through my throughout my career as a doctor, I had lots of experience, both personal and lots of interesting observations uh, when looking after my patients, both in the community as well as in uh, hosp- during hospital training. So, what I always hoped to be able to help patients with is to empower them and enable them to look after themselves in the best possible way in a long-term um, prospect. So for yeah. that, I um, fulfilled my kind of uh, interest by doing an international board of lifestyle medicine, which is a new uh, degree. Right. It is arranged by American College of Lifestyle Medicine, and I'm a member right. of that college. But... Um, before I we proceed any further, if I may here just to declare a few points, please, Darren. Because, sure, absolutely. Uh, because as a licensed practitioner, you always have to declare that, uh, firstly, uh, I have no financial relationships to disclose and I will not be discussing any unlabeled or unapproved use of drugs or products during this uh, discussion. And finally, and most importantly, if there is any... Uh, patients among your audience, uh, if they decided to make any difference or changes in their medications, please, they must be very clear. They have to seek medical advice from their own doctor. Yeah. 
Okay. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, I, I appreciate that that uh, disclaimer, and it's it's always important that we stay compliant, and it's always important that the listeners do recognise and realise this is just for informational purposes. Indeed, and hopefully to clarify some myths about the subject. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, <laughs> that's the bigger the bigger issue. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so so obviously, you know, you and I um, have reconnected fairly recently. Hence, hence the reason um, I invited you to come onto the podcast. And just for the listeners' benefit, really, um, Dr. Mazan and I um, were discussing um, a couple of things on um, a Facebook post, actually, um, and it was around um, the topic of um, blood sugar and again just for the listeners benefit i've recently um been using a continuous blood glucose monitor uh for myself uh and the reason that i've been using that is because i am very interested but both very concerned about the effects of um high and low blood sugars and how that affects our overall health um and Dr. Mazam was very kind to um actually comment on the post and give some real great insight into the more detailed topic of obviously um, sugar and blood sugar levels. And so the purposes of, of Dr. Mazam being on today is that we can discuss in a little bit more detail, obviously this is just informational, about why it's important that we, you know, maintain a healthy, balanced lifestyle. But, you know, this kind of leads me on to the first question. You know, we, we, we in the media and in the press, uh, and marketing, you know, we all talk about this healthy, balanced lifestyle. But from a medical standpoint, actually, what does that mean? Um, you know, if we listen to you know, the, the food manufacturers and the food producers, um, we'd get obviously a very different opinion to what Dr. Mazan can, can give us based on science. And I am all um, always, you know, kind of lean towards the science because that's fact and and it's better to base you know any kind of information or any decisions you make based on fact as opposed to marketing so um so yeah really it's just about what what why is it so important for us to maintain a healthy balanced lifestyle and what does that look like great <laughs> well that that's a very great question to start such a broad uh, subject Darren. Uh, and yeah. firstly, uh, to declare uh, to your audience, I have to be honest, if you go back like maybe five or ten years ago, personally, when I heard that word healthy, balanced lifestyle, I thought that does not exist. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm very glad to be in a position to hopefully make that possible. Okay. And in yeah. my discussion throughout this talk, I'd like to keep things very simple and avoid anything which is uh, like a jargon. And please stop me if there is anything which you think needs more clarification. Absolutely. Yeah. So, that, so this is this question is basically answered by what is lifestyle medicine? So lifestyle medicine basically includes the, the following things in a very simple term, but very important. And by no means, we don't need to be aiming to be perfect in these things. But these are the areas we need to work on every day. Okay? Right. So number one is whole food plant-based diet. So maybe this okay. is like a new, this is like maybe sounding like a very new term, which probably it's about to be overused, but maybe misunderstood. Yeah. Okay. We'll come back to that in a minute. So that's the main first point. Second point that includes uh, or what it looks like to have a healthy, balanced lifestyle is regular physical activity. If you notice, okay, yep. I did not say exercise. And uh, yep. so it is physical activity or movement. And again, we'll uh, talk about that later. Three uh, or the third point is adequate sleep at the right time, I have to say. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And uh, followed by having practical strategies to manage stress. Uh, for example, now maybe is the best time to, to, to be able to use that and to test it whether you could use management yeah. of stress during this uh, different time of 2020, which I call it. And again, if we have Absolutely, time, yeah. I'll yeah. discuss a little bit more on that. 
And okay. um, uh, the last couple of points is obviously avoidance of risky substances, including alcohol, smoking, and um, illicit drugs. And finally, yeah. and more importantly, is healthy relationship and human yeah. connection, not not social media. <laughs> so that's, that, that's <laughs> like a, that, that is this this six points. It, they might sound very simple. But I have to be very honest with you. The whole principle of this great move of lifestyle medicine, all of them uh, based on the six points. There is nothing more. Right. There are lots right. of people okay. they like to they like to complicate it for different yep. reasons. But if if all your listeners will take away one point, just take this, please. Remember these six points. Every day, ask yourself, how can I uh, do better? in all yeah. of these areas or at least in one of them so yeah. so that i hope that makes sense in terms of not just it, like it, an explanation it, it. Yeah, absolutely. It does make sense. And I think you make an important point there about the fact that we as humans have a tendency to overcomplicate everything. So when we look at fitness and nutrition, and this is one of my biggest issues that I have with this industry as a whole, is that we love to overcomplicate things. We love to make it that it's a new diet or a new way of working out you know exactly. there's no new diets there's no new ways of working out there's just it's it's taking it back to basics really isn't it and and just exactly. like you've said those six key areas and that's really important as well asking yourself are you you know every day are you meeting something within those six key areas and if you are you're on a, you know you're a good way on to leading a healthy balanced lifestyle Indeed. So, so obviously that that's the, the kind of the bigger topic around a healthy, balanced lifestyle, um, and those six key areas are are very, very important. But but one of the the biggest topics that I want to kind of talk about today is this bigger global issue that we have around the overconsumption of sugar that's in our food. But more importantly, I think, and this is a bigger topic again, so this may kind of, we may disappear off down a rabbit hole with this, but it's, it's around the overconsumption in the Western world of food and drink and what we can do as individuals to, to keep our eye on that and to mitigate against it. Because we've got a very um, unbalanced world, if you like, and this is going, this might be going very deep for some of the listeners, but it's, we have this situation where in large parts of the world, there's a lack of, of supply and in other parts of the world, there's an abundance of supply. And just to kind of distill that down and, and explain exactly what I mean by that, you know, if we go to first world countries like the US, like the UK, you know, food and drink is of an, a, a massive abundance, you know, and before lockdown, you could pretty much get food and drink whenever you wanted, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And then if we flip that over to some of the more developing countries, you know, places like India, places like South America, where there is a huge lack of supply. Um, so really, it's, it's in, as we live in the Western world, is, I, I think that where there needs to be more awareness around that, the fact that we have access to food and drink, 24 7 but i think what people have lost is that our bodies don't want or need access to food 24 7 so so there's there's two real questions in there mm -hmm. uh, dr mazan one is 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 around you know the overconsumption of food and drink and the other one is around sugar in foods mm -hmm. so let, let's tackle that the, the 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 bigger topic of of you know the overconsumption sure. of food and drink first Great, great. So, um, as you rightly say, just uh, I'd like to quote few few figures uh, here, yeah. just just to know how confusing and uh, this subject is. If you Google on, uh, if you do a search on Google and just put diet, the result you get yeah. today, as of today, is one billion three hundred and fifty million results. It's <laughs> crazy. Okay. Okay, and if you put just word the word sugar, you get one billion one hundred and forty million results. Yeah. Do we need all these results? Hundred percent not. And no. coming back to the overconsumption, 
In 2012, global sales of packaged foods, okay, right, had grown by over 90 percent. Totals, wow. Totals to what? To more than 2.2 trillion US dollars. That's with a T. Wow. This wow. is compared to what? To around 1960s, where most foods used to be cooked in the homes. Right. So I yes. hope I hope those figures will uh, confirm how big is the is the problem. And this 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 is there is no surprise where you look at this figure, and all the uh, other data is about obesity and yep. uh, about uh, uh, the incidence and uh, of diabetes, for example. Uh, it is expected by year 2030, more than 45% of the population in the United States will be obese. And this is, wow. it is not that much different in the UK, it's just under 40%. And yeah. uh, so, at the, uh, I mean, the latest, uh, I mean, data or statistic available about diabetes is more than 425 million people living uh, with diabetes. Uh, more than th- that's crazy. More than three hundred and fifty-two million are pre-diabetic, which means they are starting to become diabetic and they have no yep. signs or symptoms. And this is where the problem is starting. Yep. And uh, and it is it is a, it is a, it, this is a, a real real uh, problem that we face in every day. Okay. Yep. This is regarding the uh, in terms of. Um, just like overconsumption things, but more importantly, regarding the sugar. Again, as I yes. as I promised, I do my best to clarify and simplify things. Yes. So, first thing, everyone nowadays, when you hear sugar, you get a very have a very negative uh, like yeah. uh, uh, reflex about it, and you mm-hmm. think it is no sugar. Sugar, sugar is dangerous. Sugar is dangerous. Yeah. So look, so we have to be very clear. So whatever we eat. Okay, whatever we put into our mouth, it is got. We need to class. It is nutrition, okay, and it is all yeah. classified in the science into. As I'm sure you know most of these things, but just for your audience to, to yeah, clarify. So that we have micronutrients. This is including our vitamins and minerals, which we're not going yeah. to discuss that today. And our macronutrients. And let's make it very clear: we need the macronutrient as well as the micronutrients. And look. Our, yeah. ma- our macronutrients are what? Keep it simple. We have only three. We have carbohydrate, protein, fat. And let's again make it very clear: we need all of them. Yeah. If you want yeah. a healthy, balanced lifestyle, you need both of them. Don't go into a low carb, uh, high fat, uh, or whatever. Uh, you know, you know all yeah. the things. Or low fat, high carb, whatever. So the, yeah. coming back to your sugar, your sugar is. One of the simplest carbohydrates. Okay. Yeah. So the rest of the carbohydrates we have what we have fiber and starch. So we have macronutrients and the macronutrients we have only three items. That's fat, protein, carbohydrate. Our, our carbohydrates include sugar, fiber, starch. That's it. It's not yeah. overcomplicated. Coming back to the sugar and the amount of sugar available in food and drink, absolutely, uh, it's a disaster because what. Yeah. When when we, when we see sugar, we need just to ask, or any of these things, you ask one simple question: What is the source of this food that I put into myself, my mouth, that ends up building up, or maybe, hopefully not, destroying yourself? Yeah. So we need to ask, what is the source? If yeah. if you had to read a small print to find the source. That should not go into your body. As simple as that. Yeah, that's a great, and I love that. Okay, it is. It is very simple approach. It is not easy. No. Because, and I go back to the main point. Sorry, Dan. Why it is not easy? Because we have forgotten the first main six points I discussed. We are stressed. Yes. We are not sleeping well. We need to catch up with lots of other things. We uh, we have no proper connections, and all all of them. All those six points apply to every single choice that you make. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. I think the 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 way that you've described it there 
just makes it so simple to understand. And, you know, what you just said there about sugars, if you can't identify in a food product what that sugar is or what sugar is in that product, absolutely don't eat it. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. And that's the simplest, most effective way that um, that we can deal with the situation. And it's, and I think that it's, for me, it's it's awareness we have lot well it's consciousness and awareness okay so mm -hmm. the, the the first thing around consciousness is we've we've become we as humans our psychology is such that if if we can get somebody else to do our thinking for us we are more inclined to do that and i'm not saying that anybody's lazy it's just human psychology and that's why when we're looking at food and foods in packaging we're more inclined to just pick it up because it says it's healthy we don't actually take the time. So we're not aware of what's in the food. That's the conscious, um, the conscious element, uh, ar around it. And, and then, and then, you know, the, the awareness is, is actually being aware that your diet is, is, is fundamental to pretty much everything that goes on, uh, in your body from, you know, from your sleep to your mood to your stress. Yes, there are other factors that affect it. But this is, you know, and this is why I'm so passionate about this topic. And this is why I wanted you to come on, because, you know, from a medical and a scientific standpoint, you're able to kind of break it down in such a way, which means that it's very simple to understand. Um, now, I know that a lot of parents and dads, you know, there's lots of other things, particularly now that are going on in lives, you know, with people losing their jobs and, and stress with COVID and all the rest of it. And so some people listening to this might think, well, do you know what? Now is really not the time for me to start worrying about what's in food and all the rest of it. But actually now is the time, you know, when as a, as a you know, as a global uh, population, we are under threat from this big virus now is more the time than ever to really, you know, try and understand what we are putting into our bodies and how that affects us uh, in its entirety. So, yeah, I really love the way that you, you described that uh, about sugar. Uh, thank so, you. Uh, sorry, Darren, you brought up a very important point. Uh, that's why I yep. interrupted you. So the, the, if, if you remember, I mentioned during the uh, six points how I described yep. the, the current pandemic. And you raised it. This is, uh, I mean, we've never needed to look after our health uh, as we need it nowadays. And I tell you yeah. two couple of things, very simple, that everyone can apply it straight away now, which I use and it helps. One of them is uh, we have to be careful the way we describe what's happening right now. Not only the way right. when I talk to you, but even when I think about it internally. So I'll explain yeah. this. So this is what I mean. So if you speak to anyone like a friend or a family friend, how are you doing during this lockdown? They say there are lots of negative descriptions that yeah. you've heard. It is depressing. It is horrible. It is, uh, I can't wait to finish. If we just change the words that we use, yeah, it sounds very simplistic. But if you just... It does. Okay. Yeah. And it, it might not sound true, but this has got lots of science behind it, which I know you, were, you are very aware of these things. But well, the way I describe it, I say 2020 for me and for everyone so far has been different. Yeah. So even when you, when you describe it that way, compared to the first way, you feel less... There's your shoulder drops. Yeah. There is a weight which is going on. So, it's so and even in, even among my friends, and in this, uh, from now, in this talk, I will not mention words virus, corona, COVID-19, finished. Yeah. But this, by, I have to declare, this is a real serious problem. Every and yeah. at the moment, there are people dying. I'm not saying that. This is very serious. Everyone has to follow the uh, WHO advice and uh, local government's advice. And I do it to, to the point. But don't over complicate it to yourself. Don't over stress about yeah, it. Yeah. Because now yeah. we are talking about sugar. Exactly. Yeah. If you drink your, your like a, a bottle of uh, leucosate, which we use it as treatment for hypoglycemia because it has lots of sugar, <laughs> uh, yeah. it is not, and I, I say that 
anecdotally, it is not as bad as having a stressful day. Okay, because right. we know the science behind it, there is no need to go into the boring details. It increases your cortisol stress, and it is worse than having the sugary drink. My second yeah. point regarding current uh, uh, different time of 2020 is this is the best time to practice doing things day by day. Having daily yes. standard, as uh, uh, Derek Mills says in his book, I don't know if you read it. Uh, no, I haven't. Uh, no. Ten second philosophy. It's a very great, simple book. Uh, basically, take it day by day, and this is the best yeah. part. Because if I tell you tomorrow what happens, I'm lying to you. Yeah, exactly. That's and, true. Uh, but the problem is there are lots of assumptions, uh, especially if you keep listening to news. And that's all adding unnecessary stress. So another yeah. take-home point, please, let's keep every uh, takeaway points very simple. Try them. Don't trust Don't trust me. Try these things. And I, I, yeah, exactly. If, if you try it, it will help you. They are very cheap yeah. and they, they will be uh, very, very useful. And they are long-term treatments. Yeah, I, yeah, that, that, yeah. I, I completely agree with that. I think, you know, the changing one thing at a time slowly and steadily is a way that you build healthy habits trying to completely revolutionize your lifestyle eating habits in one go is not sustainable and it will not work um again that's how we work as humans it's human nature you know and we will face overwhelm it will actually increase stress um, and obviously that is not what we're trying to achieve um and i think you know the other thing is just now like you say now is the time when people are at home a little bit more i'm not saying that people are not working or anything like that because obviously you still are and there's 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 different challenges right now with homeschooling and all the rest exactly. of it but now is the time when you are going to be able to get raw ingredients nutrient dense food that i always talk about and just try creating something and you know what if it goes wrong and it doesn't taste nice fine but at least you've tried it and at least you've tried to understand what actually you need or you can put into recipes and food which taste nice and which are full of all the nutrients, the macronutrients that, that you spoke about. I just want to go back a little bit, Dr. Mazan, around the macronutrients because I want to pick up on the top on the point that you said there about carbohydrates because carbohydrates is such this mythical kind of discussion point in in health and fitness and it's all about low carbs no carbs <laughs> um and understanding what carbohydrates are and i think the big one of the biggest areas which is missed and not discussed is the various different um types of carbohydrates and i don't mean high gi and low gi what i mean is the the fiber and the starchy carbohydrates okay. so so can you just explain to me in very simple terms you know the different types of food that are fibrous and, and starchy um and how they affect us and how they're beneficial to us very, very valid and great uh, question and uh, thank you so uh, again uh, so i might repeat a few points just to keep things uh, simplifying so the carbohydrates, yeah. as we said, sugar, fiber, and starch. Okay. So we said yeah. sugar, they are a, we have two sources, natural or processed. Okay. So the natural is what right. we want, processed, we don't want. And we can give more exactly. on that. Let's talk about what we want. So we want yeah. we want natural sugar. And the good thing mm -hmm. is if you focus on getting your sugar from a natural source you automatically get enough of your fiber and your starch. Right. So that's a win-win-win situation. Absolutely. So your fiber, as I said, and uh, your fiber generally, you have soluble fibers and insoluble fibers, and your starch is the same, natural starch and processed starch. But coming back to practical tips, which is two, it's only two groups. Uh, if, you, if you don't right. know, if you know, again, Keep it simple or complicated. So the simple way, yeah. fibers and starch, we have two things, almost the same source. We need, mm -hmm. where is your fiber? It is in your whole food, plant-based diet. Keep it simple. Right. Where is your starch? Same. Okay. They might, your listeners might say, oh, when I go to Tesco, there is nothing called whole food, plant-based diet. Absolutely right. What are the common things? Beans 
is the major yep. source of both of them, both fiber and starch, same as nuts, as well as legumes. So legumes, lentil, and the group is amazing. Right. You get yep. all, not only your fiber and starch, you've already ticked your protein, as well as most of your fat. Game over. Yeah. So one, if you focus and do one thing, you've almost finished the whole process. So yeah. um, I don't want to keep carrying on that. Does, so far, does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. I, I just wanted to raise that point because I know when you talk about fibers and you talk about starches, a lot of people get confused over that topic. <laughs> and I think the point that you made there about, you know, natural sugars is completely a win-win-win. You know, that is absolutely the right approach and, and the way to take it. So what I want to dive into now is you talked about this a little bit briefly earlier around, you know, if you can't identify the source of your sugar, you shouldn't put it in your body. And this, for me, is a massive – I have a huge issue with this and a huge issue with the food industry because – and for me, knowing – now, the, the, the bit of information that I do know, I actually think it should be against the law for food companies to be able to do what they do because they, they hide sugars and sugar alcohols. And you might be able to, to kind of dis, you know, uh, explain it better than me in terms of sugar alcohols in food so much that it's absolutely crazy and if you really take the time to understand and my children moan moan at me about this because whenever we go to a supermarket now i will stand there it's very rare that i'll buy products in a packet it's normally always natural foods that i have to create something with but if i have to buy a packet of food i will stand there and i will read the ingredients until i understand what's in it um and but it, they make it, and I believe that they do it on purpose, so difficult for you to really understand what's in it that it's if you follow a diet which is a lot of packaged and processed food, you're invariably going to eat way too much sugar. Indeed. Indeed. Okay, so again, another great point. Let me just uh, add one more point on the sugar, uh, the source of sugar, yeah. which I didn't mention, I think which is, again, a, source of, a great source of sugar as well as fiber is obviously vegetable and fruit. That includes yeah. all vegetable and fruit. And I, I tell right. you why I, I say all, because there are lots of talks about if you are diabetic, you should not eat this type of fresh, and by fruit I mean fresh fruit, not canned or dried fruit. Yeah? So fresh fruit and vegetable, generally speaking, if it is uh, eaten in the right amount, in the right way, uh, which is a great source of energy, of your sugar, fiber, as well as your starch. So that's just another clarification. But coming back yeah. to the confusion of reading instruction on the uh, packaged foods, I think they, they, what, what you're describing, it only means one thing, which means that um, uh, the food industry is doing their job very well. Remember, yeah. remember True. They, they, are, they are making 2.2 trillion with a T, U, yeah. US dollars. Who, who doesn't want to get that money? Okay. Yeah, so, true. So, but, but coming back to the serious side of things, there are lots of research. There are lots of, um, I mean, for many years, because I had interest like, in this uh, field, lots, I've read lots of reports going back to more than 100 years where people made a move like few doctors or groups where they made um, uh, like formal bills to the government, but they will right. not pass through for the obvious reasons. And that is, yeah. it, it is there, but, but it is, to be fair, at the same time, it is, it is the information is available. We have, we have to right. take some responsibility at the same time. At the end of the day, we go and buy the, packaged food and we put it into our mouth. Uh, so uh, so yeah. that, that's, that's a difficult balance. And their argument is always uh, they have to uh, make uh, jobs, which is another different way to look at it. Uh, so while, while it, yeah. we, we're discussing this, it might be relevant to discuss a very uh, basic, but one of the most important studies done in this field. It is, by, it is by a doctor, his name Dean Ornish, and he's an American okay. physician. 
I don't know if you heard okay. about him. He did a very, very clever but very simple study. In 1980s, he uh, got a group of only 48 patients who had uh, right. uh, heart disease, coronary heart disease, which means the coronary arteries taking blood to their heart muscles were narrowed. And right. generally, when we diagnose patients with any problem, some patients, for some reason or another, they choose not to have any sort of intervention, even they do not take tablets, which we have, okay. we have to accept it. So he got about 48 of these patients who decided not to take any medication. And he sat down with them. He said, look, we do, you, you decided not to have any treatment. Let's do something else. So he divided them into two groups. One group, they just carry on as they wished. The other group, they agreed to have what, what is called intensive lifestyle uh, change uh, therapy. So this, right. the, to, to clarify, so this group, this study included like they had only 10% of fat as source of their uh, food composition. They only ate whole foods, vegetarian diet, uh, and they had uh, prescribed aerobic exercise as well as stress management yep. training as well as those who mm -hmm. were smoking they had proper smoking cessation group and uh, psych psychosocial support this study carried on for five years they reviewed the results wow. they reviewed the result after one year and after five years and what, okay. what and what we're talking about darren just to make it clear and some of my doctor's colleagues still they don't believe me when i say this or i present right. this paper which uh, I don't blame them. There is, that's another discussion. So if you look at the uh, arteries, the coronary arteries, like as a pipe, okay? Yeah. And uh, those who have high cholesterol, they get like clogged and the blood cannot flow through the pipe uh, easily, okay? So those patients, the 48 patients, right. or those who were put into the lifestyle intervention, they had the test. They proved that they have the problem. Their, their arteries are narrowed and clogged under the sternum. So they did the same test after one year and after five years. And they compared them right. with other patients. Okay. So the other patients, okay, okay. and they had twice the number of what, they, what we call it uh, cardiac events. So that could be heart attack and death. It could be angina. It could be heart failure. They are all major health yeah. burdens for the economy as well as for the patient. So the group who did yeah. only the lifestyle, not only the cardiac events were twice lower than the other group, but also the arteries, the, the, the narrowing improved. And wow. it, is, it is compared to the other group, the narrowing increased and they had as twice as high a number of like heart attack and other related uh, problems. And to be yeah. honest, this is the first uh, study that created the move of lifestyle medicine. The same doctor, okay. the, the same doctor, Dr. Danish, uh, Dean Ornish, Dean Ornish, he uh, made a bill to the US government. And he said this should be um, like they should be, people should be able to claim uh, through their health insurance to have this treatment. Yeah, it didn't work. They failed. Wow. So that that's that, you know that, that's the problem because it is not uh, in terms of investment. They say it is not cost effective in short term, but long, they don't look at the right. long term. That that's the problem because that's again it is like. Yeah. Uh, uh, food industry. It's, it's, a, it's a very, very big business. Having you know, putting like yeah. stents into the arteries it's, it's a different business. But again, at this point, I have to declare anyone, even myself, if I'm diagnosed with a, a narrowed heart uh, or coronary uh, artery now, I'll go and have the stent, but I will do the same straight away. So lifestyle medicine yeah. is not instead of conventional medicine. It is. No. It is. Uh, no. It is. Uh, uh, it is. You have to use both of them together. Yeah, I, and I think that's a key distinction to make, isn't it? You know, we are very much in um, the early stages of lifestyle medicine, um, but general medicine as we know it, in terms of um, curing and treating, is obviously still massively, massively important. I think that you know we are 
we're on the cusp of, of 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 lifestyle medicine you know potentially it has for me you know with my you know lack of of medical knowledge it for me it has the potential to kind of reshape uh, the medical profession but as you quite rightly point out you know there's a whole industry that sits behind this um uh, pharmaceuticals and uh, you know i'm not going to go into all of the conspiracy theories and everything else that surrounds it um but it's you you're making a very important point you know and and you know the purpose of of the podcast today is really to give people a balanced view isn't it rather than just kind of you know tout one side over the other only my so, diet huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Exactly. So, so obviously, you know, you've mentioned there's around 400 million people that, you know, type 2 diabetes, 350 pre-diabetic. And for me, I actually think that's a bigger concern, the pre-diabetic people, um, because they're the people that actually don't know about it quite yet. Obviously, if they carry on like they do, they will. Um, but you know, particularly in you know men in their forties, dads like me, this this type two diabetes is now becoming or has become more of a normal, almost in some cases, a, a, an illness which is being accepted as as the fact that when you get to this certain age in your life, you're more inclined to contract it. Um, but you know. And and the other thing I want to point out, and you may correct me on this if I've got this incorrect, mm -hmm. but that is, you know, type 2 diabetes is not just related to somebody who looks overweight, who's carrying overweight, is it? It's, 100%. There's, there's lots of other factors that we need to consider mm -hmm. around our diet and type 2 diabetes. So that's that's the area that I want to, I'd like to kind of switch to and focus on now. And that is, you know, the risk for dads of type 2 diabetes and contracting the illness um and you know the factors that lead to that really okay again a great great question but uh, as i promised i'll keep it simple so yeah anything diabetes or any anything else that goes back to the first six points if you ignore the whole six points finished but the main thing which has impact we know is uh, your diet plus uh, uh, most people say exercise i put the exercise a bit later I say diet, sleep, and stress. Those, those, yeah. those three are the top reasons for uh, the, the, as a risk for uh, diabetes. Going mm -hmm. back, obviously, movement is critical, uh, yeah. physical activity, and all the rest of it. But um, coming back to practical points, and you raised a very valid point, and I give you some anecdotal uh, figures. From my own experience, there are thousands of uh, people above or men above the age of 40 who are not just uh, they don't they don't just have normal um, weight but some of them actually they are underweight okay right they are more than yeah. more than 40 under uh, more than 40 they the lower the bmi low is lower than normal if you look at them they look skinny okay yeah, but they have diabetes, and most there are many of them. They are they, when they are they, when they present, they are that bad. They have to be started on uh, more than one treatment. Uh, again, and um, that, that's uh, from my experience. There are many cases yeah. like this in people from Indian subcontinent, and uh, right. there are lots of studies going on in that field. Uh, most of them, uh, it sounds like, to be stress related. And their sleep pattern and stress rigid has got a very, as I said, it's like glucosate. You're drinking glucosate 24-7. If, yeah. if you have stress and no sleep, you're drinking glucosate for like 24-7. Yeah. So, so that's that. But in terms of practical practicality, what dads can do, again, do your best to do all those six points. But in terms of practicality, uh, uh, on NHS, there is always a great service. Uh, obviously, now it's different, as you mentioned. Uh, you can go, please go and see your doctor at least once a year. Yeah. Your blood test. The blood test is called hemoglobin uh, A1C. It's very common. Sometimes where, where, you, where I used to work, you, you can even order the test by calling your doctor. Uh, most people right, okay. are very happy to do to just put the request for you and you, you go back to see your doctor with the results. And they do all the other rest, the rest of the observations, including your weight, blood pressure, heart rate, or 
if yeah. you do those kind of practical things. But to be honest, and there are studies done on this, this we're talking about in terms of your health as a figure, when you go and see your doctor and all the treatments is providing less than 15, 1-5% of your health as a bigger picture. So the six point, go back to the six point, but in terms of yeah. checks yeah. to diagnose pre-diabetes, you do need to have a doctor visit and do your blood tests and all the observations that are important. Obviously, there are other lots of, if you do a, Again, if you do a research with the risk factors for diabetes, it comes with thousands, with maybe millions of results on Google. But the point is like, and one of the common myths is um, genetic. And uh, genetic right. is very, very, very valid point for type 1 diabetes. And whatever right. I discuss here, it all helps type 1 diabetic to maintain the um a healthy lifestyle, but it is yeah. never mentioned in any research papers as a treatment because it is the pathology is completely different. And yeah. I don't know how you're doing with time, but uh, or if you need more. Yeah, no, we're we're fine for time. If you want, to, yeah, because the, just one uh, at this point, I like to explain uh, or clarify one other understanding about what diabetes is. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, lots of confusion, lots of different uh, views, just like uh, outside of the serious um, discussion. So the full name of diabetes is diabetes mellitus. Okay, So diabetes right. is a Greek name. It means to pass through. Okay. Mellitus means honey. So what, why, right. why they ended up with, with this name? So many years ago, maybe more than 100 years ago, when they notice people are ill and they had, um, and before they, they put, the, put the, the name together, there were no way to test um, or check patients' urine to check if there is uh, uh, like blood or uh, sugar in the urine. So normally right. you should not have uh, sugar in your urine when you do the test. Okay. So what they did, this is we're talking about a lot, maybe, I don't know exact figure, but it definitely more than 100 years ago. So what they did, which might sound crazy, they tasted the urine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it tasted like honey. It was that sweet. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's where the name came from, diabetes monitors. So wow, then, okay. So then and from with type 2, then in, 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 a, in, a, in a simple way, if you describe it, if you want to go to a locked room, so if you could imagine you have a room which is locked, the lock is not an automatic key lock, it, is, it has a, a key with a keyhole. So the only way yeah. you can open your door, you need to open the door by the key, and the key needs to go through the keyhole, right? Yeah. Okay. But and normally in normal circumstances, so what is what happens? Our sugar is in our blood. So imagine right. the room is your cell. The blood is outside the cell. Yeah. Wants to open the door. Okay. So the glucose cannot enter. The glucose does not have a key to open that door. Right. The key is okay. The key is insulin. Okay. The insulin comes and goes to, through the keyhole, opens the door, then glucose goes inside, and that yep. gives you energy and all the rest of uh, clever right. things. All the rest of clever things happen in your body. Uh, we don't need yep. to go through the uh, technical stuff. What happens, okay. what happens in diabetes, that keyhole is glued. So when your insulin, where the key comes to go through the keyhole, cannot go through the keyhole because it's yeah. glued, and it is glued by what? By fat. Shoot. Oh, okay. It is, not, okay. it is not glued by sugar. So then right. the, current, okay. the current move is, or the current belief is, the primary problem in diabetes is because of excess fat. But my view is this, and this is my own view. My view right. is, both, yep. is both of them. Because if even if someone, like for 10 years, used to have only carbohydrate, high food, very little yep. fat, the excess calorie in your body will be converted to fat. 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so, that's my understanding. Yeah. So then the fat causes the problem. But this, this understanding is very relevant because we go back to the basics. We already said carbohydrate and fat and protein. So nowadays the move is if you choose your carbohydrate from natural sources, which is yep. food plant-based, your sugar, which is a natural source, is always mixed with enough fiber and starch, which allows your body to process it in a very healthy way to yep. not only prevent increasing your fat or your cholesterol, it also lowers your fat and cholesterol. As we demonstrated wow. in the study by Dr. Dean Ornish, uh, the, the biggest uh, killer is stoppable, treatable, and reversible. By yeah, and, and a simple and, understanding. Yeah, and I think that is, you know, that's really important to recognize, isn't it? You know, this is something which is preventable and something which is treatable provided you know we have the awareness and we have the correct information and that you know it comes right back to the beginning when we started um you know talking and that was you know about these six areas isn't it and the fact that as humans we tend to like to overcomplicate things and then you know once we recognize or you know come down with a problem or an illness we then start to, and this is where I think traditional medicine has to change. We then start to, prov we start to treat the symptoms as opposed to going to the cause. Exactly. Um, and I think that's where the, that's why I'm so fascinated and interested by, you know, um, lifestyle or functional medicine, whatever, you know, you call it. It is lifestyle. Um, it is not functional. Functional is completely right. a different field. <laughs> Okay, sorry, sorry, I'll, I'll correct myself in there. So, so lifestyle medicine, um, and you know, and I and I get it right. So, a lot of us are very confused by um, medicine and, and very confused by health because it's one of our most precious assets, and we don't want to get it wrong. And so, you know, we we tend to kind of, obviously, we're going to trust the people that have been educated in the field, but. You know, it's not for me. It's not just about that, and that's where the whole lifestyle movement and, and medicine really, really um, is for me. It's so key now that you you're aware of that and you factor that into your into your daily life. So, you also mentioned um, there about the A one C, and I, I know when you and I first spoke, we spoke about this because obviously. I was using the continuous glucose monitor mm. to monitor my um, my blood sugar levels, but then you obviously um, gave some more direction and detail on that, and that, and about getting the measurements for your A one C. So, can you just again at a high level just explain to listeners what the A one C is? Okay, so it's a very useful blood test. It's very simple. It uh, right. gives you like an average of your blood sugar for about three months before the date right. of your blood test. And it is, okay. it's, it's, as I said, it's very simple. It's all numbers. Uh, if you like, I'll give you the numbers. So the normal range, the result is commonly measured in percentage. So the normal range, it should be less than 5.7%. Okay? Okay. So if it is between 5.7 to 6.4, or some people say 6.5, but between that range... You are pre-diabetic, so you are in wow, the okay. uh, group that you are at a very high risk of developing diabetes if you continue with your current lifestyle. If it is yeah. more than five, six point five, you you started to have diabetes, and uh, wow. that's where things uh, at this point. Uh, this is uh, like a, it's it's a, it's a red flag. So once you diagnose with diabetes. Your life expectancy uh, is reduced by 30%. Wow, that's incredible. It's, it's a leading cause yeah, that's quite a number. 30% of life expectancy from diagnosis of diabetes. So we are talking that's about crazy. a very serious problem. And as yep. you rightly 
change in the beginning. Unfortunately, it has become a norm for people over uh, age of 40. Uh, if you if you have diabetes, okay, that's accepted. That's part of life. It is not. Yeah, yeah. Not, okay. And yeah. Uh, so I hope that yeah. has made some clarifications. And yeah, that, that's perfect. And, and I just I want to just pick up again on that point, which Dr. Mazin just said. 30% off of your life expectancy, you know, if you are type 2 diabetes. And you just have to sit with that for a little while and just understand that because the thing for me is that's such a massive um, shortening of your life expectancy. But the other, the complete opposite to that is that this is all controllable and all manageable if you're just aware of it. Um, and yeah, I just that that's quite a chilling a chilling statistic to be quite honest. And so, sorry, if I may, at this point, very quickly, just to like reinforce uh, what I'm mentioning is not what I have. So there is a right. study done uh, by doctor, uh, by a group uh, Nola and colleague published in New England Journal in year two thousand and two, and what they did yeah. took. 3,234 people who had prediabetes. They, mm -hmm. they randomized them into three groups. One group had no treatment. The other group had metformin, which is a treatment very old, very good for treatment of diabetes, and it is used in prediabetic patients in some cases. So one group had that drug, metformin, and the other group had lifestyle medicine intervention in a very uh, organized way. And the outcome or the effectiveness of the lifestyle medicine was almost twice as effective as the metformin with no, wow. with no side effect apart from losing yeah. weight and gaining energy. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, that's incredible. Uh, that, that, that's very important. And another thing to clarify again, because the figure looks uh, unrealistic, the 30% of life expectancy change is mainly because of the main uh, uh, effect of diabetes on uh, cardiovascular system that includes heart attacks and strokes. So these two together yeah. accounts for up to 70% of all deaths among diabetic patients, followed by, wow. by kidney failure, which accounts for yeah. more than 50% of deaths in the diabetic group. And mm -hmm. uh, there might be some patients say uh, now who are diabetic and they say, oh, I, I've been diabetic for many years and um, I have no kidney problems. It could take yeah. longer. And the sad thing is most diabetic, they die from the heart attack or the stroke before they get to the, the stage where they develop kidney failure. It is not because they don't get it. Yeah. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, it, ma it makes perfect sense. And I think... Um, you know, we could talk on this topic for you know a, a lot longer, but um, and we could go into a lot more detail, and I'd like to to do that at some point. But I think it's you know the 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 information that you've shared today is um, very understandable, um, and also it's very impactful. And I hope for some that it's a bit of a wake up call. Um, you know, I consider myself to be very healthy. Um, I've got, I'm, I'm getting healthier, you know, as time goes on and the more research that I do. But, you know, this for me is something which I believe needs to be publicized more. Um, and I, I, yeah, I generally want to get the That's word. What you are doing. Sorry, go That's what you are doing. That yeah. Is, that is <laughs> yeah. Exactly that, that, yeah. I'm <laughs> very grateful for no, no I, and I'm grateful for, for you know, for obviously for you to back it up with with your medical knowledge and science because that's very important for me that the information shared is is factual uh, and correct. Um, so it's it's been amazing having you on today. I, I generally appreciate your time. Um, I have a few a huge amount of respect for you and and what you've achieved uh, in medicine and what you're now doing in the lifestyle medicine field. But before we before we finish up today. Have you got um, any tips that you would recommend the listeners could take away to, to kind of just make some basic improvements? Uh, I have many. Uh, I have many, many, many 
<laughs> but let's uh, keep it again short. So uh, yeah. again, uh, keep it keep it simple. And uh, uh, as a forty-year-old man, you have uh, to defy the common myths regarding health after age of forty. And I caught one uh, very simple quote by Napoleon Hill, which says, yeah. "When anyone tells you any information." Ask a simple question: How do you know? And that's you have you have to ask that question. So any yeah. of your listeners can uh, ask me: How do I know? If I, I manage to mention some of the uh, yeah. scientific papers, they should. And I think that that's where it's, it all starts. They should uh, research what I said, and they should get to a stage where they believe it. And uh, yeah. uh, just to make it very clear, uh, my second point is. Uh, a totally plant-based diet can stop and reverse our number one killer. And uh, remember, Dr. Dean Ornish' uh, yeah. uh, paper again. Even now, where I say totally plant-based diet is not, uh, it doesn't mean if you eat a little bit of meat, uh, which is organic, grass-fed, you you, you committed a crime. The yeah. other way, yeah. latest research says we can easily uh, have a At least one or two portions uh, of that yeah. good time. And uh, thirdly, is um, look, we are all we are all habitual creators, and uh, we become what we think about, and we become what we keep doing all the time. It is better to choose uh, wisely. So create healthy habits yes. based on those six points measured. And uh, yeah, another, definitely. Another thing is. Uh, We the, the things that uh, upsets me is overcomplicating things. So my five, yeah. my fifth point is my own quote. I have to say, and I say we don't need artificial intelligence when we have natural, untapped, unlimited human intelligence. Yeah, okay? and we, yeah, that's a great one. Uh, and there is hope. There is hope. Yeah, even it's definitely all, all evidence based. And uh, so before we. Before we finish up, then, Doctor Mazan, is there anything that I didn't ask you that you think I should have asked you that would benefit the listeners? Uh, you asked lots of relevant questions, Darren. Thank you very much. There is one uh, interesting and funny thing, even as doctors, we okay. experience with male patients. So in male yep. patients, there is always uh, like a trend. They don't ask for help generally, but they don't ask for something specifically when they have trouble until it gets too late. And that is your, yeah. that's the, the intimate life, things related to the sexual life. So all what we've discussed, it is directly, specifically, anyone with diabetes is closely linked and has a huge impact on your intimate life and your sexual life. And this is on its own is a is a great uh, area to discuss. But if I just add one uh, tip, is All what we discuss in terms of choosing wisely, it is well proven. Okay, and I say it again: it is proven scientifically, evidence-based. Yeah, there are some types of diet. I mentioned a couple of them just for your listeners. They yeah. are as effective as having Viagra, and it is not only treating your symptoms; it will reverse the pathology, because the pathology yeah. is exactly the same as what happens in your heart. And those two, yeah. two uh, easily available food items are watermelon, if it is red, three servings a day. If it is uh, yellow, one serving is enough a day. Right, okay. Even if you are diabetic, you can have it. And type uh, two. And uh, the next one is nuts, especially pistachio, three to four right. handfuls every day. And it is well okay. proven at the same time, it will reduce your um, uh, cholesterol. It, it is in one study, it is proven to reduce your LDL cholesterol by 38 points. This is, wow. this is we call it malignant cholesterol or the bad type of cholesterol. And it's yeah. older. It is all older and it is doable. Yeah, that's that's amazing. That's that's a great fact. I I, I had no idea that that was the case. So um, yeah, I, I think um, I think we need to get you back on again to talk about cholesterol because that's a whole other area that um, I'd really like to delve into. But um, 
again, thank you very much for today. And I just want to reiterate to the listeners that everything that we've discussed today is just for informational purposes and it is just Dr. Mazan's own opinions. Um, he has not given any medical advice um, to anybody listening to this podcast. Um, and unlike um, other guests that we have on the show, you know, he doesn't have any links or websites uh, where you can contact him. He's a, you know, a practicing doctor uh, and obviously has his own patients to deal with. And so, you know, I won't be putting any links or anything like that in the show notes today. But, you know, if you wanted to ask a question, then uh, you're more than free to to send uh, Darren at fitterhealthierdad.com a question. Um, and if it's relevant for Dr. Mazan, I will pass it on to him um, for a response. So thank you very much, Dr. Mazan. And um, yeah, we'll definitely have you back on uh, again to talk about some other topics. But in the meantime, thanks very much. Hopefully. Many thanks for your great work, Darren. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Fitter Healthier Dad podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit subscribe. And I would really appreciate if you could leave a review on iTunes. All the links mentioned in the episode will be in the show notes. And a full transcription is over at fitterhealthierdad.com. 